Good morning, wonderful church family. And a very good morning to you if you are joining us online. Well, as they've mentioned, today is our annual Vision Sunday. Uh, And at the end of this message, we are going to take up an offering for our Building for the Future project. And I feel like today's message, this vision message, hangs on this verse that I've been meditating on over this last couple months. And it's from 1 Chronicles 16, verse 8. It says this. It says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. And in this chapter in 1 Chronicles, it's really a celebration of God's divine faithfulness and human gratitude. In this chapter, David delivers this magnificent song of thanksgiving, and he urges the Israelites to give thanks and to call on God's name. Now, you'll be glad to hear that I'm not going to sing this morning, because that may go very bad. But in some ways, this message is my song to you guys. Today, we are going to hear about the Lord's deeds. We're going to hear about what God has been up to in our church. So let me encourage you, church, give thanks, celebrate. And like's been mentioned, maybe you're new here today. Maybe this is your very first Sunday. Maybe you're joining us online for the very first time. This is very different to all the other Sundays of the year. All the other Sundays of the year, we usually preach and teach the Word of God. So if you came here this morning for great Bible teaching, please do come back next week. (laughs) Today, we're going to look back at some of what the Lord has been doing over the last year, and then we're going to look ahead into uh, the year coming. Do you know that God is on the move in this church? Do you know he is building his house? He is extending his kingdom into Bournemouth and beyond. Again this last year, we've seen the Lord's hand of favor over and over again. His empowering Holy Spirit leading us forward. So it is with a humble but grateful heart I share with you today. Many of you will know that in 2015, we planted, started Coastline, and in September this year, we will be nine years old, still just a baby church in lots of ways. And most of you will know that when we started Coastline, we developed a vision statement that in a few sentences attempts to capture who we felt God call us to be and what God has called us To do. And most of you are super familiar with this, but maybe if you're new, uh, you don't know this. This is Coastline's vision statement. It says this it says, God has called us to build a growing and vibrant church where people come to know God, love Him more, and become all that God has made them to be. We're committed to personal transformation, investing in a community of love and encouragement, ministering to those far from God, and making disciples. We're called to be authentic followers of Jesus, whose lives are marked by intimate worship, courageous faith, passionate service, and extravagant generosity. We want to see the spiritual renewal of our town and our nation and always be known as a people who love the king and live the kingdom. Amen. 
And if you don't know this already, everything that happens in the life of this church points back to that vision statement. So you say, well, what's been happening over this last year? Well, what I will say from the off is that we just don't have time to share about every ministry and every kingdom story that has been happening in the life of this church over this last year because there's literally just so many. But we will share a few. Many of you will know that we've just finished our 40 Days of Breakthrough series. And if you remember, throughout that series, we encouraged you uh, to email us your breakthrough stories as God brought breakthrough in your life. And I want to uh, tell you a story from a lady who emailed us called Sarah. Sarah emailed us to tell us about her cousin Mark, who had been battling cancer for five years. She said over the last few months she'd been trying to meet up with him face to face, but something kept stopping them from meeting. She said throughout that time she'd been messaging him about Jesus, but he'd been resistant. She then got the sad news that he'd taken a turn for the worst and was receiving end-of-life care at home and only had a matter of days to live. Sarah said at the beginning of the Breakthrough series, if you remember, we put cards on your chairs and she'd written on one of the Breakthrough cards, Mark's Salvation. In her email, she said this, last night I went to speak, Mark, to, speak to Mark. He was unable to speak and was heavily sedated. Sarah said um, she was literally only given 10 minutes with Mark on her own. So in this brief time, she exercised courageous faith and she prayed the sinner's prayer. She then asked Mark to squeeze her hand if he had prayed that prayer with her to accept Jesus as his savior and Mark squeezed her hand. Isn't that wonderful? A couple of years ago, we started an initiative we called Inside Out, where we said that every year we were going to put £100 aside for every life group to use uh, once a year to try and bless somebody outside of the church. Paddy, one of our life group leaders, decided to step in with passionate service and help the Elm Tree pub in Ringwood that was devastated by extreme flooding. In addition to Paddy's life group helping them, they decided to donate their £100 to the pub. And the landlord was blown away at this incredible act of kindness. The landlord was so overwhelmed by this gift that he vowed in the future to pay that kindness forward. We literally just heard a couple of weeks ago that he did a collection just before Christmas and to pass that kindness onward, they gave all of that money to their local food bank, which I'm told equated to 92 kilos of food, which will have fed nine people three meals a day for three days. This story of kindness ended up on the news. It was on the BBC South Today. I saw it all over the internet. And it's just glorious to see God's love extended through this church and beyond. In this last year, we ran Bless Bournemouth again. Who was there? Yeah? Bless Bournemouth is a place where we come together to be a presence around uh, Churchill Gardens and our Joy Cafe, really just to uh, passionately serve the local community. 
About 160 coastliners came this last year, and we saw hundreds of people from across the local community engage, and we got to share God's love in really practical ways. There were loads of inflatables and games, and we gave away loads of treats and free tea and coffee. A number of people got to pray for people. I'm told a few people did pray a prayer to follow Jesus. But just to say, we're doing it again this year. And I don't want you to miss out. I want you to be part of this. So take note and put this date in your diary, the 29th of June. This last year, the Lord has continued to move through our Joy Cafe. Becky, our Joy Cafe director, told me a story of a young man called Alfie, who just over a year ago was in a really dark place due to a number of things going on in his life. She said he had very low self-esteem, and he didn't think he would ever be able to get a job. Well, he started volunteering at Joy Cafe uh, in January last year, one hour a week, and his life started to change. Becky said he grew in confidence, he found a new community, he developed skills, he found purpose, and he built up serving to the point where he was serving three days a week at the Joy Cafe. Then he completed an employability skills course, and he's now got his dream job. Not only that, he's come to faith in Jesus. Yeah. He's now living with people from this church. He regularly attends here on Sundays, and he's on our current Alpha course. Becky says Alfie is a different person. Our Hope Interaction House is a place where we provide a home for the homeless. Joe, our Hope Interaction lead, tells us of one of our tenants who'd been living in our house for two years. And at the end of last year he moved into his own flat. This is the first time that he's lived independently in years. And he said, this is literally all down to the friendship and the support of the Coastline Hope Interaction team, who have invested hundreds and hundreds of hours into his life. He said the HIA, help, uh, HIA house has helped him to rebuild his life. Joe said that he is thankful and he's now flourishing in his life. Isn't that beautiful? We're a people marked by intimate worship. And alongside the 75 worship gatherings that we have facilitated over this last year, we had our, vo- uh, our joint worship and prophecy night with Catch the Fire Bournemouth. Do you remember that? Loads of you were there. Where we saw over 200 people from both flocks gather here to worship and to prophesy. We saw the Lord move in beautiful ways. We also, just a number of weeks ago, many of you were there held the first Beacon event, where we saw 150 plus people gather from over nine different churches to come together and to pray. It was a stunning picture of church unity in prayer. And let me encourage you, be at the next one. The next one, I'm told, is going to be in June. Now, I know many of you know this, but our heart as a church is to love and follow Jesus and show others to do the same. 
That's why we invest in kids and youth and students and young adults and in all ages through our life groups. It's all part of our discipleship to Jesus. I know you know this because I've told you this before, but every Sunday, without fail, we see between 85 and 100 naught to 11s gather in these rooms over here. Every Sunday. And then we see 50 to 60 kids engaging in the kids' program throughout the week. Michael, our kids' pastor, I don't know if you know this, every week he puts a teaching video onto the Coastline Kids YouTube channel. Let me tell you, friends, some of Michael's teaching videos have been viewed online 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 8,000 times. And one of Michael's videos, this next one that's going to come up, has been seen over 46,000 times online. Think about that. Through the local kids' work that is happening in this church, we're impacting children and teaching them the Bible all over the world. I mean, he is a genius, and he's super creative about how he communicates the Scriptures. So do go give him a high five after this. Over this past year... We've had our brilliant new youth pastor, Johanna, come and join us all the way from New Zealand. Yeah, let's let's praise that. That's awesome. Just so you know, the youth ministry has grown 100% since Johanna took the helm. They regularly see 50 young people attending on Sundays, and they also attend the weekly youth program. Johanna says that a number of the young people who attend regularly, they don't know Jesus, but they come back week after week after week. Johanna told me a story last week that one of the newest young people actually brought their parent to a Sunday coastline gathering, and they said they loved it. Our ministry to students and young adults continues to grow many of whom faithfully serve on multiples of multiples of teams across the life of the church. Lauren, our young adults pastor, said that last year they had the privilege of baptizing young adults. I think they they baptized eight of them in the sea. They ran a number of young adults events last year. One of them was for married young adults, where we saw a bunch of older married couples in the church coming alongside younger married couples in the church to pray for them, to share advice, to love on them. Lauren says at their young adults gathering they call first, God brought significant physical and emotional healing, including one young adult being healed of Lyme's disease. That's awesome. Pastoral care, yeah, you can clap that. Bless you. Pastoral care headed up by Stuart and Jane. I feel like I have to mention this every year because they are just so amazing. But they have been behind the scenes passionately serving this community and beyond. I can't even tell you in how many ways. But things like late night hospital pickups, supporting young families, delivering meals for those with new babies, uh, supporting people who have been sick, giving out multiples of multiples of flowers and handmade crafted cards to people right across this community uh, for all kinds of occasions. They've helped with baby showers. They've helped with new families. This is a picture of them welcoming a new family. 
There are still uh, a team of them working with some Ukrainian families, and I'm told that out of the 20 people that currently serve on the pastoral care team, in this last year, they have supported over 200 people. That equates to 780 uh, voluntary hours serving and loving people to life. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? This year, we launched our Coastline Basketball Outreach. Yes, led by Johnny. He was in the first gathering, uh, bringing guys together around basketball. The Coastline Basketballs have met with players from other basketball clubs, engaging in prayer and fellowship on and off the court. And I've been told that they have now shared the gospel with over 60 players since launching in March last year. It's awesome. Susie, who leads our stunning Alpha team, she said that the current Alpha course that we're running is seeing about 50 guests attend every week. She told me a story of a guy called Andrew who came through a previous Alpha course. She said when he arrived, he was pretty cynical, but throughout the course and by the end of it, he ended up giving his life to Jesus she says he now serves on the current Alpha team and the Star Recovery team that helps people in addiction. And Andrew is also helping lead our outreach football project we call Bridge the Gap. And there's Andrew on the left with the Christmas hat on. Isn't that great? Over this past year, Steve and Chrissy have pioneered our fantastic enabling team. Listen, they have recruited, resourced, and trained over 100 people from this church family to be on a team, to be here every Sunday on a rota, to pray for each other well and safely. And they've just handed, actually, that team over to Denham and Jenny. We are so passionate in this church about prayer ministry, about laying hands on one another and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and bring change. These are all wonderful kingdom stories, and I, I could literally stand up here, well, indefinitely to tell you all the things that are going on. But let me quickly <clears throat> remind you and recap the things that I said last year at the Vision Talk. If you remember, I told you that the Lord was leading us into three specific things. The first one was to make space for more, I explained how the church was growing and that we needed to make space for the people that we didn't yet know that the Lord was going to send us. I cast vision last February that in October of last year, we were going to multiply our Sunday morning gatherings to make space for more, which we have. Since multiplying in October, we have seen the church grow by over 100 people, and that is a conservative estimate. The numbers were way higher than that, but I just I didn't want to overemphasize. That is incredible church growth. A hundred people joining us since October. The second thing I mentioned to you last year was that we were to reach more. And the way that we were going to do that was to set up the Coastline Community Trust to house a number of our current outreaches, but also to house future ones. Do you remember that? We now have set the trust up. We are a fully-fledgling charity with a charity number. Many of you will know that we're currently recruiting for a coastline community trust 
director to help with the development and the vision and the strategy to acquire external funds and develop new projects and to grow the trust. The trust is still very embryonic and very small, but it's exciting nonetheless because we believe in the coming years the trust is going to pave the way for us to meet the needs of thousands of people across BCP. Thirdly, I shared with you last year that we were going to start building for the future, which was kind of a five-year vision, but it may take longer. Through the month of June last year, I cast vision for us to build or to purchase our own building to facilitate all that the Lord is currently doing and also to facilitate what he was calling us into for the future. If you're new here and you didn't hear that vision series, that building for the future series, can I please encourage you to go back and watch this online? You can just go to the church website, there's a landing page, you can click find out more and then you click uh, the rest And as you click the rest, the four talks come up on the next page. At the end of the Building for the Future series that we did in June last year, we as a church committed to pray, to give, to save, and to search. And after our first gift day that we did at the end of June last year, we gave a total like one-off gifts of over £122,000. And we committed giving monthly over the next five years, totaling over £163,000. So if all of those gifts come in over the next five years, it's somewhere around the £285,000 that you gave, which is wonderful. But the charge from the Lord is that we would all make sacrifices and we would all invest financially in making this kingdom dream a reality. So to the year ahead. I'll talk a bit more about building for the future at the end. I could tell you at the moment, we're in the process, like with our enabling team and our pastoral care team, we are in the process of developing a fully trained deliverance team, which we are. I could tell you in the year ahead that we're developing a ministry to specifically reach out to the LGBTQ plus community, which we are. But as we move into this new year, and as we continue to build for the future, there are kind of some fundamentals that I believe the Lord wants to remind us of as we continue to grow. I recently heard Greg Chrishell, who leads a church in the States of 80,000 people, he said this, he said, most people uh, may be attracted to church for many reasons, but they'll only stay if they feel needed and they feel known. A lot of people tend to drift away from churches if they no longer feel needed and they no longer feel known. Being needed and being known has always been part of Coastline's DNA, right from day one. We have always encouraged everyone to join a life group and to get involved. And we, because our conviction is We've always believed these are the best ways to become known and to feel needed. To be honest, we've never been about bigger buildings or larger crowds of people. Coastline has always been about family, and that is as true today as it's ever been. 
But as we continue to grow in size, we feel God prompting us to be more intentional about ensuring that everyone that comes towards us feels needed and feels known. Think about it. It would be easy in a group even just this size uh, size, to feel on the edges, to feel like a spectator. So one of the best ways to feel connected is to get involved, to move from being a spectator to being a participant, from being an attender to being a member. And we have loads of attenders that come every week and watch online. And honestly, you are really welcome. But I want to encourage you today that God's design for his church under his headship is that we would all be an active part of the body. The Bible tells us, doesn't it, that we are the body of Christ on earth. We're his body, and we all have different gifts and different roles and different functions, each one of us playing our part like a human body. And if parts of the human body aren't doing what they were created to do, the body doesn't work well, and we're not all doing our part. And you know, If we don't all play our part in that, we're just simply not going to achieve all that God is calling us to. We often hear people uh, tell us that joining a team is one of the ways that they have felt most connected to the church. Because when you're involved in a ministry area, when you're on a rotor, your team needs you. They need you to turn up. They need you to come. And the people that you're serving, they rely on you. You are needed. See, being part of a family means being known, doesn't it? It means being cared for and supported. And it's our prayer that everyone would experience that. Of course, the very best way for this to happen is to be in a life group. If you're part of a life group, then you will know people and you will become known in a whole new way. Our life groups are places where we share life together where we celebrate good times together, where we support each other through difficult times, where we can grow in our faith together, where we can learn more of the Bible together, where we can explore what it looks like to follow Jesus together. We hear it all the time from our newcomers' dinners, new people joining us. They do say that they feel welcomed. They often describe the church as a family. But as we grow, it would be easy for us to feel like a crowd, for someone to come along on Sundays, maybe for the very first time, and just kind of get lost in the crowd and not spoken to by anybody, and then leave the end of a gathering without having connected with anyone. And very occasionally, we've heard the sad news that this has happened. And when we've heard that news... We have been gutted. We want this crowd to be a community that is a family. And we have a wonderful welcome team. They all wear these blue tops. You see them as they come in. They engage with new people every single week. But I believe that as we move into this new year and beyond, God is offering all of us an invitation to be an intentional part of that welcome. That means on Sundays asking ourselves, does that person that I'm sitting next to, or does that person who's in the queue next to me getting coffee, do they feel needed? 
And do they feel known? Church, let's be even more intentional to say hello to people and ask them about themselves. We're all needed to make others feel needed and feel known. Just imagine for a moment if every single one of us spoke to somebody when we come here together on a Sunday that we didn't know, we would know and be known by loads more people. Those who are new would quickly find themselves embraced into our family. There's a passage in the Bible, many of you will know it, called the Great Commission, where Jesus commands his followers to go and make disciples and to teach them to do everything he's commanded them. Jesus wants us to tell others about him. We're needed to make Jesus known. And Jesus calls each one of us to do that in our conversations in here and, of course, in our conversations out there. We're invited to join in and make Jesus known. It's a wonderful privilege. It's our prayer that this time next year, loads more lives will have been transformed as people come into relationship with Jesus because you've made him known. There is an invitation today, especially if you've been coming to Coastline for a while, to move from being an attender to becoming a member. And we don't, like other churches, have a kind of official membership, but we kind of broadly say that membership looks like four things. The first thing is, if you're able to, to attend in person on a Sunday. We know not everyone can, and there's a wonderful online community that engage every week. But if you are able, come in person, because you're needed to make people feel needed and known. We say join a life group. We say get involved in serving on a team. And lastly, we say invest financially in all the Lord is doing here. So let me say to all of you and everyone watching online, you are all invited to become a member of this family. So we've looked backward And we've looked forward into the year ahead. But let's just remind ourselves afresh why we're building for the future. Just watch the screens. Hey church, I'm here at St Albans, the current venue of Coastline Vineyard every Sunday. This place has been such a blessing for us over the last four or five years. But God is asking us to go on a new adventure. Here on Sundays and in pretty much every area of coastline life, we are growing. God has called us to find or to build a building to facilitate all the current kingdom uh, ministries that are happening, but also to make space for more, to establish a vineyard church here in Bournemouth for generations to come. But is that even possible? And what would it look like? Well, thankfully, a number of vineyard churches across the UK and Ireland have taken this great step of faith, the same step of faith that we are about to take. So here we are at Trent Vineyard Church in Nottingham. Our staff team and our leaders have come all the way here for Vineyard Leaders Gathering 2023. So I thought I would take the chance to show you what a building purpose-built for ministry could look like. amazing. 
established vineyard church. This is what the Lord can do. Currently, for Coastline Kids, we are in three very, very small rooms. Let's take a little look inside Trent Kids to see the kind of options for spaces that we could have with a purpose-built kids venue. Look at the size of this. This is their main kids' auditorium. It's got so much space, so much room for activities. Uh, it's great. They still have them all in together, but it's huge space for worship, loads of time for games. They've got a little stage so you can kind of contain stuff, keep it nice and safe for the kids. It's brilliant. As well as the main kids' auditorium, they've got loads and loads of breakout rooms all along uh, with space for age, different age groups to do their stuff. They've got toys, games, all sorts of stuff laid out. Perfect spaces for babies, for toddlers, uh, as well as then smaller spaces to do life groups and stuff like that as well. Meanwhile, St Albans and Hull Vineyard churches have made converted warehouses their homes. Let's see how they've used their buildings to reach new levels of effectiveness in ministry. Vineyard churches took on a seemingly impossible task that God made possible. We believe that God is calling us to take this step of faith, to usher in the revival that we're all believing for and change Bournemouth forever. Would you come on this great adventure with us? Our commitment together is to give over and above our regular giving or our tithe, so that at some point in the not-too-distant future, we will be in a position to build or to buy. And as we mentioned in our Building for the Future FAQ document, which you can pick a copy of uh, on your way out, we conservatively kind of have calculated that we need to save probably between 2.5 and 3.5 million pounds, which sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for the Lord. And I believe that together we can achieve this. I, I feel a little bit like Noah at the moment. In a sense, I'm asking all of us to invest in faith in a metaphorical ark that we can't yet see. But I, I really believe that this ark that we can't yet see in the future will save thousands and thousands of people from the floodwaters of evil and sin that freely throw, flow through our land. Let me remind us, as we take this offering today, that faith is being sure of what we'd hoped for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is, is visualizing the future in the present. And God will use our joint sacrificial giving to grow our faith like nothing else can. And ultimately, at some point in the future, provide a space for us to call home where Jesus will be revealed for hundreds, maybe thousands of years to come. Amen.